Happy Contact Day! It's a big day for the rising junior class of 2025, and I'm going to tell you why. You are Locked On College Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, welcome into the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, the only daily national college hoop show out there. Yes, all year round, even this summer. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for making us your first listen or first watch every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash college, and when you enter promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, they're going to throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. A quick note as we get into the show today, uh, dropping into our Locked On College basketball feed, it might even already be in there right now as you are checking things out, is the Locked On NBA Mock Draft 6 episode series going to be right in there for you. If you want it, it's there. If you don't, just ignore it. It's only going to be on audio though, so if you're watching on YouTube, you're going to have to go to the audio version of the show to get that. Now, on today's show, on our regular show today, the numbers are in for the NBA Finals viewership. Specifically, I want to talk about Game 5, and things look good for our little sport of college basketball. And some good news for Baylor that literally just broke moments ago before I started recording this. In fact, I had to delay a little bit to uh, update the, the plan for today's show. And so I want to get you always the latest stuff when Andy and I can do that for you. And that's happening today. But before we get there, I want to start with the fact that it is contact day. That's what I always call it, June 15th. Now, the reason for this is because uh, this is a big day every year in college basketball. Now, I recorded this episode on Wednesday night before it turned to Thursday. Well, not before it turned to Thursday. So that I could be in the spirit of the day, I actually stayed up past midnight to record this so that I'm actually recording it on June 15th. I'm a man of the people. I'm here for you and we're doing it. So I want to make sure we're all up to speed on why today is a big day in college basketball. So it's a recruiting thing that's part of the NCAA uh, timeline of contact. So Today is the day when college coaches can officially make direct contact with the class of 2025, the class that will be juniors in high school this upcoming season. There are ways that they can have already been in contact, but this is now the first time that coaches can reach out directly to a recruit. So what is it that's now allowable? Let me give you the timeline of a couple things, explain a couple things, and then I want to share with you some of the most important names to know in the class of 2025, in case you haven't already been dialed in on that, which there's no reason for you to be already unless you're just a junkie. But that's why Andy and I are here is to share all that with you. So here's what's allowable now specific to men's basketball. It's different for different sports. So as of today, Thursday, June 15th, coaches can now correspond private message, phone call, whatever they want to do to recruits or parents initiated by coaches. And I specify that because it has already been allowable for a recruit to initiate contact. And so just, you know, no matter the date, a student athlete can always initiate that. 
What about visits? What, what is the timeline for visits while we're talking about all this? Great question. Unofficial visits can start August 1st leading into your sophomore year. So they could have already taken those last school year. But official visits cannot start until August 1st of right as you start your junior year. So this class that just now is able to like, literally, I, I kid you not, it is 1230 my time, central time. As I'm talking to you, coaches are calling recruits right now, DMing, texting, FaceTiming right now. It happens at midnight, 1201, whatever it is on the 15th. But that's happening right now. But then August 1st, ahead of their junior year is when these student athletes can start taking official visits. Now, why, why do these timelines exist? Just very briefly, let me read to you from the NCAA quote. Recruiting calendars help promote the well-being of prospective student-athletes and coaches and ensure competitive equity by defining certain time periods in which recruiting may or may not occur in a particular sport, end quote. So that's why the NCAA has done that. Now, you might be wondering to yourself, now hang on, Shade, I'm... I have been hearing about all sorts of coaches already offering scholarships to rising juniors, to the class of 2025. How, how on earth can coaches offer prior to this date? Well, that's because there is no legislation from the NCAA on when a coach can make a verbal offer. The thing is, is that there might, remember, there might have already been contact. It's just that prior to today, all that has had to be set up through some sort of third party. Maybe the athlete's high school coach or AAU coach um, will make the connection on behalf of the player. Um, like coaches who might be at EYBL or something, college coaches sitting by the high school coach or talking to the AAU coach of, of a player. There's conversation going on and they can kind of foster and facilitate it that way. Then, the recruit could call the coach and the coach could make an offer. So that's why you already see some of those happening. But yes, absolutely. Now with coaches able to do the direct contact, it is, it is on like Donkey Kong. They're going to get after it. And sometimes these calls will end in offers. Sometimes it's just kind of an initial conversation. If there hasn't been one, uh, a get to know you, any of these kind of things, um, you, you may, I think I've said on the show, you may or may not be aware. I also host locked on North Carolina Tar Heels for our network. And, uh, the Tar Heels recently got, um, a reclassification from Elliot Cadeau, who was supposed to be a rising senior this year. Anyway, was talking with his mom on Wednesday and she shared with me some of the things that they went through last year and what it's been like. And I mean, it, it is nonstop. It's ongoing. Um, in fact, I'm going to talk about some of that on today's Locked on Tar Heels. So if you're interested in more, I'm going to go a little bit more in depth on that show. Now, um, I want to make sure that you know some of the top names in the class. So what I've done is gone through each of the four major recruiting services. So that would be ESPN, um, Rivals, 247 Sports, and On3. Those are like the four main recruiting to look at like, who, who are the guys that show up in the top 10 of all four of those? And it's pretty wild, actually. In this class of 2025, there is a good deal of what I've been calling homogeneity, a lot of consensus about this top 10. In fact, 
eight of the 10 players show up in all four of the recruiting services top 10, including a consensus top two. So here are the first two names you need to know. Number one, the consensus number one player in this class, he's number one at all four of those sites, is Cameron Boozer, the son of Duke alum Carlos Boozer. By the way, Cameron's twin brother is also a highly rated recruit in this class. Not not as high as Cam. Cam's the clear cut number one, um, but you've got him as well in the 20s. Uh, second, the consensus number two, again, this guy is number two everywhere, is Cooper Flagg, F-L-A-G-G. So those are the two biggest names you need to know right now, Cameron Boozer and Cooper Flagg. The next guy I want to bring your attention to is Koa Pete, who is out of Arizona. He is third everywhere except for on three, where he's sixth. And so uh, essentially the consensus number three player in this class right now. So Boozer, Flagg, and Koa Pete. And then five other players that show up in all four top tens are Malik Thomas, M-E-L-E-E-K, whose highest ranking is three. Darren Peterson, whose highest ranking is four. Bryson Tiller, whose highest ranking is four. Jalen Harrelson, whose highest ranking is five. And Isaiah Harwell, whose highest ranking also is five. And then obviously you're going to have a lot of other players, but right now those are the eight consensus top 10 players who are again, consensus uh, top 10 at all four of the major recruiting sites. So just want to give you a little bit of a primer on contact day that I call it. And then who some of these players are. Cause I, again, I, I know you might not be necessarily diving in deep into who these players are. That's why we're here for you now. Coming up in just a minute, the numbers, the, the viewing numbers from NBA Finals Game 5 have come out, and I got to tell you, reports of college basketball being dead are very premature. I'll tell you why in just a second. But first, this episode of Locked on College Basketball, it's brought to you by our friends at Bird Dogs. I don't know how else to say it to you, so I'm just going to keep it really simple. Bird dog shorts and pants, they just make you look good. For example, the bird dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through your thigh and leg and give you a truly sculpted look, which I need a lot of help with. These shorts do like the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. Here's part of how Bird Dogs has gone about this. They've invented cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but it stretches to give you a slimmer fit and doing so without having to sacrifice movement. And probably my favorite thing, because I hate stinky smells, especially in the summer, is that Bird Dogs uses an anti-sweat, or excuse me, anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. And you know you need that this summer. So go check out these bird dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on college. And when you enter promo code locked on college, you're going to get a free Yeti style tumbler emblazoned with the bird dogs logo with your order. Again, that's birddogs.com slash locked on college for a free Yeti style bird dogs tumbler. You don't want to take your bird dogs off. You'll wear them all summer long. We promise you. 
Okay. Hey, you everydayers, just want to remind you again, thanks so much for being with us. We're about to drop in the NBA draft mock draft for Locked On. Uh, yours truly was part of that. It was an exciting thing to get to do with some of the great other talents as part of the Locked On network. Make sure you check it out when it drops in to our feed. Okay, one of the narratives you always hear that I want to debunk today right now is that NBA is the thing, the end-all, be-all, catch-all, and college basketball is just trying to hang on for dear life, and our little measly sport can't survive. Well, for a while, the TV numbers at least have told a different story, and guess what, friends? It's true again this year. I went and looked at the TV viewership number, both for the national championship game and for the final game of the NBA Finals Game 5. So per showbuzzdaily.com and, and at Sports TV Ratings was tweeting about this, the NBA Finals Game 5 between the Heat and Nuggets uh, took in 13.084 million, uh, you know, is kind of the, the number there, 13.084. That's just ever so slightly higher than game five of last year's finals between the Celtics and the Warriors, which was 13.03. And then last year's game six averaged 13.99. So a little bit higher. So keep that in mind. Game five, 13.084 million was the average there. Now, college basketball, NCAA tournament final. I've already told you it's higher. It's not by much. But it is higher. And keep in mind, this is Connecticut, UConn, and San Diego State. So it's not like the prior year where we had a super blue bloody Final Four with Duke, Carolina, Kansas, and Villanova. This was UConn against San Diego State. And I know UConn maybe is getting to blue blood status. I know people kind of argue back and forth about that. We probably need to have that conversation on this show. But I say that to say it's not like it's the sexiest NCAA championship final or NCAA championship ever. But UConn, San Diego State averaged 14.69 million viewers. Uh, and that's by Nielsen numbers. Like I'm taking this number direct from LA Times reporting on it. So th these are all reputable numbers I'm giving you. So NCAA championship, 14.69. Game five of the NBA finals, 13.084. Now, here's the thing about both of these entities. These are low numbers. Uh, the LA Times went on about the national championship. The previous low was a combined 16.5 million for Villanova's victory over Michigan in the 2018 final. Now, and that was on TBS, TNT, and True TV. Keep in mind, this year was on CBS. So it was even on a major network. But here's the thing. Even with that low viewership, the national championship final drew record low viewership, but still had the biggest audience for a professional or college basketball game since last year's national championship. You hearing me? Between from Kansas beating North Carolina in the 2022 championship 
there was no other game that drew a bigger view and no other basketball game that drew a bigger viewership professional or college until this year's national championship. And none of the NBA finals dwarfed it either. Yeah. College basketball is a live and it is well, thank you very much. So I'm over here like Christmas tunes, like go tell it on the mountain. College basketball is better than you are. You know what I'm saying? Like y'all, Please help us defend college basketball. It's doing well. It's doing better viewership than the NBA Finals. We're, we're getting guys sticking around. NIL is helping with that. There's just great brands uh, of college basketball. The parody is growing. I just, I just want to continue to be a champion, to be um, someone who supports and advocates for our sport. Would you help us do that? Like when you talk to people, don't don't get on the oh college basketball is dead bandwagon. Get on the like college basketball is doing it, man, and you need to come be part of it too. So I, I hope that you just have as much love and passion for the sport of college basketball as Andy and I do. And I, I just get geeked about this stuff because I think it's so cool that college basketball can do these things. Speaking of guys coming back to basketball, turns out Baylor is actually going to have one, I count them, one starter back after all next season. We'll talk about that in just a second. Okay, friends, Jalen Bridges is coming back to Baylor. I can hear the screams of excitement coming from Waco, Texas right now, coming back for his senior year. He announced this on social media on Wednesday night, literally Again, minutes before I started recording, and I was like, listen, I got to get this in Thursday's show. Got to give the people the news about Baylor because that, like, that, that's what we're here for, man, is to bring you the latest and greatest. Now, with Bridges, it, it was sort of a weird timeline. You know, we, we've got the different approaches. Some guys are just like, hey, I'm coming back. Some will think about transferring, maybe come back. Um, some will enter the NBA draft and be like, and stay in. Some will come back to school. Some will enter the NBA draft and the transfer portal, come out of the, you know, all, all of these possibilities. With my man Bridges, he was in the NBA draft. He pulled out, but similar to what we've been talking about with Antonio Reeves from Kentucky, didn't immediately say, but I'm coming back to Baylor. Nor was it, but I'm transferring to another college. No, reportedly, according to Jeff Goodman, it was like, I might transfer and play in Australia for the NBL. <laughs> like that that's where we were at with this thing. But then, as we've just said, ultimately, now we know, announced on Wednesday night that he is indeed returning for his senior year to Waco, Texas. So for those of you who might not have been up on Baylor basketball last year, let me catch you up to speed on Jalen Bridges. He's a 6'7", 220 power forward, transferred in from West Virginia, has played just one year at Baylor. This would be his second. And here's the thing. You know, I said he now becomes the only starter coming back for the Bears. He started all 34 games for Baylor last year. He and Flo Thamba, by the way, were the only two to do so. Not Adam Flagler, not LJ Cryer, not Keontae George. None of those three dudes started all 34 of Baylor's games. But Jalen Bridges did. This is a big deal to get him back. I'm going to keep saying that. He, Bridges, was the fourth leading scorer for Scott Drew's Baylor Bears behind... Yeah, 
you guessed it, only that three-headed backcourt of Flagler, George, and Cryer uh, scored higher than did Bridges last year. He had 10.3 points per game, 50.6% field goal shooting. Um, now, for just like a standard back-to-the-basket power forward, that might seem a little lowish, but this is a true stretch forward who's going to get out and shoot some. To that end, shot 32.4% from three last year. Not great, not ideal. He did have a year at West Virginia where he shot 40%. And so I think the truth is probably somewhere in the middle for Jalen Bridges. And, and that's what, like, if I'm Scott Drew and Coach Alvin Brooks, our, our guy who's been on our show before, you know, I'm hoping for like 35%. If we can get you there, on three, four attempts a game, I can live with that from my four spot, right? Yeah, absolutely. Bridges shoots well from the free throw line, 77.8%. Brings in 5.6 rebounds a game. Does a little bit with other stuff too. One assist, just shy of a steal a game, 0.9. And one block a game. So there's so much that Bridges brings back just in terms of stat line. So him coming back is a big deal. I told you that's going to be the refrain. But it's not just about the stat line. It's also about, I, I know he's not a Baylor lifer, but he is a guy that was in this program last year that was a starter all of last year. And that is experience that you cannot overvalue. Like if it's somebody who's in and, and part of your program and gets what you're trying to do, that that is an invaluable person to have back. Not only this, when we start looking inside the numbers for the Big 12, Bridges projects as the third highest in adjusted efficiency for all Big 12 players this upcoming season. That is great. Like you probably like I wouldn't have guessed that, but um, per the the resourcenexus.com, that is true. Behind only Hunter Dickinson, who's coming to Kansas, and then interestingly, behind number two, Jesse Edwards, who transferred from Syracuse to. West Virginia. So, um, again, Jalen Bridges, big, big deal. And again, Baylor would have lost their entire starting lineup if he wasn't coming back. So this is great. Um, here's another thing. When you think about that three-headed backcourt, you think, oh, they were, they were the dudes, right? Like, they would have been the most efficient and effective offensive players for Baylor last year for Adam Flagler. Yes, he was. He was Baylor's number one, most uh, effective offensive player last season, but number two in offensive rating was not LJ Cryer. It was not Keontae George. He definitely wasn't Flo Thamba. It was Jalen Bridges. This is a big deal. Now Baylor's getting other guys back too. And, and I look now with with him coming back, I look at this starting lineup and I start to wrap my head around it a little more. And I'm I'm gonna have to look at where Baylor's gonna be for me in my Big 12 hierarchy because you know hopefully Jonathan Chamachach was back uh, fully healthy and that's your starting front court. You get Langston Love, you get Caleb Loner back. Um, I'm excited to see in like once Flagler decided to stay in the NBA draft, then Ray J Dennis came over from Toledo. I think he's going to be a big, big, big 
addition for Baylor. Uh, Jaden Nunn comes over from VCU. Not to mention, you've got a really elite guy in um, Jacoby Walter um, coming in. Another part of that backcourt, Miro Little as well. So that backcourt, it should be really fun again. There's going to be competition for starting spots and playing time. I, kn- I know it's not some of the names that we've known for Baylor the past couple of years, but be ready because Scott Drew's going to have this thing ready to go. I, I think the team was a little bit disappointed in, in their performance in the NCAA tournament last year and uh, really curious to see what they do in what's going to be a new-look Big 12 this year with some of those teams coming in from the AAC, notably Houston. And so it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Friends, thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode of Locked on College Basketball. I'll be right back here with you tomorrow and cannot wait to do that. If we uh, have any big news on contact day, contacts, uh, we'll have some of that for you. But if not, we've got some other great content that I've already got lined up. If you would, go leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you can leave reviews. Five stars, great comments about why you love the show. If you would, subscribe smash the like button and leave comments. If you'd like to have more conversation with me, you can see my Twitter handle for those of you watching. It's just at Isaac Shade. Would love to have more conversation with you. Shoot me a DM. As always, apologies to the lawyer family. Go Wildcats. And until tomorrow, peace.